a new episode of Medu Einsiedler's Improvisations on Growth podcast series and to a new discussion as part of Medu's COVID-19 crisis log. As people have been forced for a while to stay at home and to find new ways to experience life, we are wondering if there are other satisfying ways to enjoy life other than consuming. Has cooking become a tradition in your home? Or maybe you have created game night to spice things up and have decided to make this an ongoing activity in your home. As driving and traveling has been cut down drastically, people have started walking more, biking, enjoying nature. What if these activities unveiled a newfound happiness or at least made you ponder at what it is that makes you happy? Listen to Medu's podcast and explore with us. This is what I'm still missing, that the focus is so much on what's happening to the different industries and how our organization restructuring. But the focus is not on, okay, what does that do with our society? So how do we maybe change the emphasis that we have in our society away from money focus to people focus, away from like the usual definition of success to maybe form a different definition of success? I mean, there was like this almost hype during the the high time of uh, COVID with the caretakers and the hospital staff and then the the cashiers in the supermarket and and like all these concerts and clapping and and all this fundraising for those kind of for those people but now it seems like okay thanks and we appreciate what you did but now we are going back to the real stuff and the real stuff is, okay, let us make money and let, let's define success. And now we need to consume again and sell our products again. It's like, seriously? Yeah. What I feel like they're missing here is the, is the huge part of the consuming balance, which is you don't really have consumers anymore like you used to. People have not been making money. People like my friend are starting to see other things as far as life beyond the shopping. I think the shift that could happen is not on the producers, but on the consumers. Because if people wake up to not be a part of that, the, the producers will need to, to, be, to adjust too. It's like, okay, go ahead and make again 10 million cars but a lot of people don't want to drive that much anymore for work maybe they just want to drive for pleasure so i feel like this is where we we should see it would be nice to to see the consumers which for me all of us in a way right kind of shifting from that uh, mentality and wanting to consume other things than material things so what it, what are would be other things that we can consume than material? I, I would even go away from or turn away from the word consume. You know, the, for me the question is, how can we experience ourselves besides through consuming stuff? So I can experience myself through connecting with other people through going out and helping or enjoying nature, cycle more, also stroll through my neighborhood. 
and just enjoy the stroll without an aim. I mean, in the beginning 19th century, at least in, in Europe, the idea of aimlessly strolling was like a trend, like modern. It was a hype. So we have been there before a society where, where this was the luxury that people could stroll and just experience the wind and the leaves and then maybe write a poem about it or not, but let nature educate them or refill them. And then along, probably through the two world wars, then along in history, we, we kind of forgot the simple pleasures. And now we need to consume in order to feel who we are. And, who, and to define who we are. I don't have an answer of how we then put food on the table for people or how they're able to put food on the table. But I think what really would be interesting, and we had that in our last podcast, what would be really interesting is to rethink our economic model and to rethink it really on a basic level. Well, do you think, um, I might sound a little futuristic here but to some extent I feel like our technologies have evolved so much so we have help from from really smart robots machines in all of these industries and speaking about rethinking economy I think this is feasible what you're saying because we don't we don't live anymore during the times where you had to go and tend for your piece of land in order to grow something and eat. There's so much that we can use. There are so many technologies that, that have been tried and proved and we can use for the benefit of all of us without necessarily allowing for certain people to, to profit. I don't know if it's realistic yet because I'm sometimes I still see... But people in other continents who are still fighting hunger. The question for me is, how do we let this happen? And and we let this happen because the uh, the gap between poor people and rich people just grew exponentially over the last 20, 30 years. Like people who had money just made way more money than they did like 40 years ago and people in in the lower income sector just did not have that growth the value of their asset just grew exponentially but income salary did just not grow even close to that this gap is just what is creating hungry children because you you have and especially in the states with almost a non-existing social net you have people working four jobs just to pay the rent. And we're not even talking about uh, that they have time to take care of their children. And, and this is just totally absurd. So the distribution of wealth is totally absurd that we have right now. And, and right now, for me, too few people are talking about this because I think now we could really look afresh at what have we done and what have we created? 
you know, and, and what we have created is just not for humans. It is, I don't know, for things. But why do we, you and I, we, we keep on wishing, talking about something else. People thinking on their own, creating, changing things. But let me ask you, I'm going to play a little like the devil's advocate here. Why would this be beneficial for the 0.2 elitist society who, let's say, are overseeing a lot of things? Why would this be beneficial for the humankind? Why, why do you think we need to create and educate people? What's this nonsense? I agree, it's not beneficial for them. That, that's why it's not happening. But why, I'm asking, not, not just that, but I'm asking you why do you think it's beneficial for, for everybody, for humankind? What is that going to do? Why should we aim for that change, for that kind of shift? Well, I guess, would I rather support my child so that it can develop everything that it, that it has and can grow and be educated or would I rather keep it in a box and just feed it and train it to do only like two things. We want the growth and the lift potential. We just seem to want that for certain kind of people and not for everybody. But if, if I imagine, I mean, if I just water one plant and the plant just grows beautifully, why would I not water the other plant so that that has the potential to grow beautifully as well? Because two plants that bloom is just nicer than one plant that blooms. I'm, I'm kind of out of words of answering the question because I'm like, how could you not want people to grow and fulfill their potential? But that, it's, it's a valid question. It is a valid question. And, and I'm having trouble answering it because it's so out of my thinking. It's like, yeah. Because for, for certain people, it's a given. It's, it's a given that it's something good. It's something that we, we, we should work towards. But for some people, I guess it's not. And my other yeah, question... Agree. My other question is, speaking of the plant or the, the person, do you think the person who needs to pay to work four jobs to pay rent versus a person who's going to grow in a creative environment where, where you have that freedom to be who you are and maybe innovate and grow more, which of these people do you think is going to be happier? Can we... Can we even speculate on that? Ah, that's a tough question. I have, that I have is a this tough thing. Question. I'm always going back to people's happiness. I'm all concerned about what people feel inside. Remember my example with Van Gogh? I frankly wish he hadn't painted anything and lived a happy life. I'm not sure who said that, but there's this saying, and it says you have to imagine... Sisyphus as a happy man. <laughs> and I really, really like that. But that's why I said, should we even, do we even have the right in a way to speculate on this? To, to judge on those people's happiness? Because technically it's a no-brainer. 
Someone who needs to work four jobs and run around and stress out to pay rent shouldn't, cannot possibly be as happy as someone who has a basic income, everything provided, and can create, right? Because what I'm trying to get at is maybe the, the core motivation. Why would people as a humankind want to work toward that if not to feel happier inside? For me personally, happiness is not the ultimate goal. For me, it is. Why wouldn't it be? For, for me, the ultimate goal is being able to express myself, being able to grow, being able to develop my potential. And let me ask you this. When you do all of this, how do you feel inside? Not necessarily happy. Are when, you when, sure? when, No, when, when, when I was working on my, my graphic novel, I mean... That was not, I would say, at least half the time, that was not a happy time because I was struggling and I didn't know what to do. And I was, and, and I was like feeling my way forward and how does this story want to be developed? And you can ask my husband that there were a lot of days where I was really grumpy. Okay, how did you feel I, when I, you I was struggling, but, but I, the, proce the process was just... Even me being crumpy and insecure and whatever, there was just something inside of me that was just really satisfied. What if so, that satisfaction is actually your happiness? How did you feel when you launched the book? Scared. <laughs> Come on, you got to say that you were happy. Come on, admit it. I know. I, I, know. <laughs> I saw you at the. I saw you at the trade show. You were so happy with your book. No, way. that that's true. I I, but, I hear what you're saying, but I'm trying. To... <laughs> yeah, I know. I know what you're trying to do, and then we're now. And I love the game that we're playing. Um, <laughs> well, maybe the definition is what is what is happiness, and how does it feel? And when people ask me, I I try to differentiate between fun and joy. So, and, and for me, that, that is, I can have fun, but joy for me is something on a more deeper level. It's, it's more, fun is nice and it's, it's fun and whatever. It's time passing. It's entertaining. Yeah, exactly. But it's not, it, joy is on a different level. So maybe that is the differentiation I try to make just for the purpose of it between happy and a deeper satisfaction but i'm sure we kind of mean the same thing this concludes a new discussion as part of medu's covid19 crisis log we hope our questions and talks have made you think of the little things in life beyond the material realm that can bring so much fulfillment in our lives is this crisis showing us what our hearts truly value or maybe what we should aim for get in touch with medu and share your own conclusions by emailing her at medu at einsiedler.at or leave your feedback on her social media on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Thank you, and make sure you listen to the next episode.